How does Ignition 8.1 represent the next step forward in performance and stability for new and existing users? How will the new Perspective module features impact the Vision module? And what could the future hold for Ignition? In this episode, we are getting a behind-the-scenes look into the development of 8.1, including the biggest priorities for the release, as well as features that didn't quite make the cut. We'll also hear about potential areas where Ignition can still grow, features that development is hoping to get into upcoming releases, and predictions for 8.2. This is Inductive Conversations with Paul Scott, speaking with our guests, Inductive Automation's Director of Software Engineering, Carl Gould, and VP of Technology, Colby Clegg. Hello, uh, my name is Paul Scott. I'm the Training Content Manager here at Inductive Automation. Uh, with me today is Carl Gould, who's the Director of Software Engineering, and Colby Clegg, the Vice President of Technology. How are you guys doing today? Oh, pretty good. Doing well, thank you. All right, so we're going to focus on 8.1 today, but just to kind of preface this for our listeners here, I don't really want to spend a lot of time doing a deep dive on the features in Ignition 8.1. I mean, there's a lot of other messaging we already have for that. Like we have the ICC keynote, we, we have the, the developer panel where we three specifically did a demo of a lot of the features going into it. We have the Ignition Community Live uh, episode 19. We have the What's New page. We're going to have documentation and videos. So, I mean, just a heads up for everyone out there. But let's start by going behind the scenes of development. Uh, can you guys talk about how long we've been working on Ignition 8.1? You know, in many respects, I really think of basically the whole time span post 8.0.0 release as us working on 8.1, right? Because, you know, we did collect a few features together and coordinate them into the 8.1.0 release. But in my opinion, by far the most important part of Ignition 8.1 is really the accumulation of all the maturation that 8.0 went through and us designating 8.1 as long-term support. Yeah, you know, when we, we described in the dev panel a little bit our even odd release pattern that we've had for a long time. And so 8.1 is kind of the mature kind of second release of 8.0, so to speak. And so that's that's kind of how we look at it. So at the time of this recording, we're not yet at 8.1's release, but we're very quickly approaching, right? So what is it like having all of these changes and all that you've been making to the software going towards this target date? What's it like? What's the buildup like as you approach? And then what is it like after the software finally gets to see the light of day? It's really different than it used to be. I mean, releases used to be this big cathartic event, but these days with what we do with nightly releases and things like that, the moment of stable release, I mean, it's a big moment for us, but by that point, so many people have already gotten a hold of the nightlies by then, and people who are interested in new features have already been playing with them for weeks and weeks. So it's not as big of a singular moment as it used to be. Yeah, Carl's right. It's changed over the years. You know, there was a time where you know, we'd be working up until midnight to put the finishing touches on a big release and then pushing out the door. Well, here, you know, where we're at, we're at, what, four weeks, five weeks since the conference. And, you know, we've been taking our time getting it out the door. We added a third RC because we're really just focused on testing and, and that process. And so, like you said, it's been in people's hands for weeks. I'm really happy with the way it's coming along from a stability point of view. But yeah, it's it's just a a lot less pressure now, I think, than in the past where people were just clamoring for each update, you know? Sure, sure. Okay. Let's see. Let's switch gears a little bit. It's hard to ignore COVID's been a thing, right? And uh, we as a company, we've transitioned to work from home. What's it been like working towards this big release with everyone working from home? Our team adjusted to working 
from home really quickly. You know, even when we were in the office, pretty close to 90% of our communication was through Slack already anyhow. So really the, the main thing that changed was how meetings worked, but it only took us a few weeks, to, I feel like, to really adjust. And now I feel like we're all pretty settled in. So as far as the release itself, by this point, working from home just sort of feels like business as usual. I think honestly for, for development, it's been frankly, probably beneficial. I mean, a lot of meetings are more efficient. A lot of, you know, at first we struggled with how to do some, you know, design and, you know, whiteboarding and all of that. And, and that's still a little bit of a challenge, but we've gotten through it. And then from an operational point of view, I mean, yeah, it's, it's forced the dev de- department to really be very specific about its procedures and its methodologies. We've done a lot of tool upgrades, new, new bug tracking system, for example. And it's just been a, a year of building more refined process, I'd say. So I think it's actually been pretty good for us. Right on. Now, when we're moving towards 8.1 here, did we have any sort of priority areas that we wanted to focus on for updates to the product? Yeah, I mean, the main priority was really sort of polish and completeness. We really wanted to make sure that some of the rougher edges of 8.0 were smoothed out so that the product was positioned as best it could be for the wider adoption that comes with the LTS designation. And especially around perspective, right? The introduction of workstation is a huge deal from the point of view of making perspective a really complete offering for all visualization and application building needs. You know, when we first introduced perspective with eight, we really focused on the mobile message. But now with the three different channels, mobile, web, and finally panel, and rich client capability, it's a complete offering. In September here, we held our first ever virtual Ignition Community Conference. And we got to give you, you know, viewers like a live preview of, of what's going into A1, as I mentioned earlier. Do you guys want to talk about how that went? And, and did you have any takeaways from that? It was really a great event. I was really surprised. We didn't know, you know, none of us had done a virtual event like this before. So going into it, we didn't know what it would be like. And of course, <laughs> trying to replicate the ICC is a, is a tall order, right? We know very much what the ICC is like. It's the most intense week of the year for us for the last seven years, you know? So going into this, it was like, well, we'll see how it goes. Honestly, I was amazed at how it did kind of capture that feeling a little bit for a moment, you know, with all the participation that we had in Discord and kind of the way that things went through the day. It was uh, kind of a fun facsimile of it. Is that a word? Can I say that? It's a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, look, the ICC is pretty special, right? Anyone who's attended the, the live ICC knows that it's a pretty unique event in this industry. And it's not like the online one is going to be some sort of swap and replacement for the live ICC. But that said, I really think the online uh, event was very effective for, let's face it, dramatically less cost and time and effort both on our part and on the part of the attendees, while simultaneously giving the event a much broader reach. And so I really think that these sorts of online events aren't going to go away. Even once we're back to being able to host events in person, I think both kinds of events are going to become commonplace going forward. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to being able to do ICC in person again, because like Colby said, it's a fun and intense and important time of the year for us. But I really enjoyed the ability of the online event to reach so many people with comparatively less effort. You know, and another interesting aspect of it was all the sessions were made available 
at the same time, which was a little overwhelming perhaps, but we also had the different chat rooms for each of the sessions. And so at one time, you could bounce around between all of the different rooms and see discussions going on. So it was really kind of a neat way to get a more holistic view of what was happening than what you would have at the the real ICC, where you can only be at one place at one time, you know, and then you're kind of hearing conversations about what you missed out over here or whatever, but it's very specific, you know? So here, um, it was kind of fun for me to be able to bounce around between all these different discussions. And so then you asked about, you know, any surprises or takeaways from it. And yeah, I mean, for me, I was honestly blown away by how many people were interested in like Docker and these types of new deployment options. There were there were two sessions that involved Docker for different purposes, for DevOps, for testing, for you know, so on. And then and then another session just kind of introduced the concepts. And there was like a lot of very vibrant discussion about those. But then, you know, going everywhere else with the, you know, industry 4.0 and MES and so on. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, kind of to take your point there. I mean, I I mean, as much as I love the in-person ones as like you guys do, but yeah, it was nice to be able to have that chat history that I could kind of then go back and see what everyone was saying. So definitely a key, not improvement, but but a nice benefit, I suppose, of this event. So, all right, next, I need you guys to go way back into the past, right? Ignition's early days, like Ignition's like, you know, Ignition 7.0, like way, way, way back, right? Think about where the platform was when we, when we first created the platform or when you guys first created the platform and where it is now. What twists and turns in that whole development process over all those years have been the most surprising or unexpected? Hmm, oh boy. Well, let's see. You know, we make our plans and then um, we execute our plans. And as we're executing them, oftentimes things come up, priorities shift, curveballs, etc. So Ignition 7.0.0 came out in 2010, which is the same year that Oracle purchased Sun Microsystems and acquired Java. And so I don't know what my point is by mentioning that other than as a setup to say that one of the bigger curveballs was right as we were gearing up for the 8.0 release when Oracle announced that it was no longer going to be offering a binary distribution of Java for free for commercial use. That was a big curveball that we had to adapt to. It ended up, I think, being an incredibly positive thing for us, basically taking ownership of the distribution of Java ourselves, I think has created a much more cohesive and supportable package. But when you think about unexpected things along the years, that that one definitely stands out in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think this uh, doesn't quite qualify as a surprise, but talking about the platform, talking about, you know, how it's changed or whatever over the years, it's really amazing to me how well it's aged, right? Like sometimes we don't even think about it. We take it for granted, you know, that first version of Ignition came out in uh, 2010 or 11. And so here we are 10 years later, really, you know, with a nice continuation of a very cohesive continuation of the product, right? You know, I hope nobody out there is still running, you know, 700, but if they were, <laughs> you know, there's there's a relatively painless upgrade path. You know, it's, it's a pretty cohesive uh, evolution that's happened. So that's great. You know, that's not something, you know, we, it's like you, you know, you choose your technology, you choose your path, and then, you know, you kind of have to live with it. And Thankfully, it's worked out pretty well for us. You know, maybe just for the, for the <laughs> we should uh, throw out something for the people who are listening. You know, uh, we've just now said it like multiple times that the first version of Ignition was 7.0, right? People always ask, how is the first version 7? So here's a little, here's a little secret that I'm not sure too many people say or know. So the, the reason why we started off with 7 was because we were combining 
our two previous products, the first products that we created as a software company, uh, which were Factory SQL and Factory PMI. Now at the time, Factory SQL was version 4.1.6 or something, and Factory PMI is version 3. Point something something. So we thought, well, hey, we're combining these together into a new platform, and it originally was based on the Factory PMI code base, right? So, well, it's natural that uh, should be version 7. We were also seven years in at that point, and had learned our lesson that nobody wants version 1.0 of anything. Yep. <laughs> so just skip ahead a bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It worked out. It was it made it made the most sense and <laughs> But we've we've earned it back though. We've we've earned it back because then we sat on version 7 for a good <laughs> for eight, for 8 years, right? Yeah. I remember joining the company and the company was still kind of new at that point and it's like, "Oh, we're on version 7. Oh man, we used to knock out versions all the time. That's crazy." And then we sit on 7. And I didn't hear that story for several years. It's like, "What's going on with it?" <laughs> so, okay, uh let's see. Now, besides all the features that I said I'm not going to talk about, right? A lot of our features and our effort towards 8.1 did focus on stability and performance. Did you want to comment on how 8.1 sort of represents the next step forward in regards to those two things? Sure. So, okay. So first of all, for performance, we have the 8.1.0 release as well as the 8.0.16, 15, 14, 13 releases have all had a pretty steady string of performance improvements squarely aimed toward perspective view loading, which is not really something we talked about during the dev panel or anything, but we've been really focusing a ton of effort on making applications built in perspective simply load faster because when you give people tools like perspective that lend themselves so nicely to clean encapsulation by creating little subcomponents and views, it turns out people make hundreds and hundreds of little views that have to be loaded. And that is something that we were able to incrementally make quite a bit faster. So we've put a lot of effort already into the performance of perspective view loading. So those upgrading to 810 should notice that right away. As far as stability goes, stability is always sort of an ongoing effort, but the main change we're making really is sort of a cultural change on our end about where we put focus. And I kind of don't like when people say this because it always sounds like hand wavy vagueness, but we are investing a lot of effort in some behind the scenes uh, testing infrastructure capabilities that I believe will pay off handsomely in terms of ongoing stability improvements. Right on. All right. So let's talk about our customers for a little bit here and how A1 pertains to them. So if we, I were to take our, our customers and I were to put them into two different groups, right? So existing customers and then new customers. How does 8.1 benefit both of those groups? So for existing customers, you know, they're really getting a host of features that they've been clamoring for. Like Workstation, Colby already mentioned it, but, you know, that Workstation is obviously a, a big feature of 8.1. And it's included in 8.1 mainly because at ICC 2019, we had a bunch of existing customers asking for it specifically. And so we realized that people's use of perspective was not just for mobile applications. It was for all sorts of applications that they were building and perspective was an important component. And that's just one example, but basically features that people have been asking for, many of them are, are delivered. For new customers, it's really all about just sort of a smoother on-ramp to getting started. Features like Quick Start in 810 represent a dramatically improved uh, experience for somebody just getting going with Ignition. Yeah, and we've been putting a lot of work into the, you know, just 
the refinement, the user experience and the designer in the gateway, everywhere you go, you know, we have a whole team of people who just work, you know, on refining that stuff. And yeah, I mean, new people don't know what they were, <laughs> you know, they don't know necessarily what they're getting, but guess what? People are hearing about Ignition all the time and they're coming to it all the time. So, you know, hopefully they have a really great experience, not just in the software, but the whole ecosystem. You know, we get a lot of people talking about Inductive University, for example, you know, we're very much cognizant that the audience is growing every day. So we're trying to help them out as best we can. And especially now with Maker Edition, we have a pretty significant influx of truly new customers, oftentimes new to the entire concept of SCADA or HMI, uh, you know, people coming in from educational backgrounds or maybe hobbyists, things like that. So we've, yeah, like Colby said, we've really put a lot of effort into refining, just kind of making all of our various features as intuitive and approachable as possible. So looking back at the 8.0.0 release, when Perspective was introduced, there was a lot of sort of questions and discussions on, okay, well, you have two visualization systems, right? Which, which one do I choose? And our early messaging was pretty easy because back then, Vision had all these years of development. It was very mature in regards to a feature set. And Perspective really sort of stood out as like a mobile solution, right? So that was kind of an easy conversation to have. But over the years, you know, we've been adding more and more to Perspective. And that feature parity is sort of blurring the lines a little bit between the two. So how does 8.1 and all of the changes that have gone into Perspective sort of change the equation of when it's best to use vision versus perspective? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. And you're absolutely right that the amount of development effort we've been pouring into perspective has pretty rapidly brought its feature set close to parity with vision. And so the conversation has shifted a bit, but I still think the conversation is relatively simple. You know, the vision module is still in very active use by thousands of customers, and it represents a major portion of our business. And it's not going anywhere. It's still perfectly viable. It's great at what it does. And if you have a giant project with vision, by all means, keep using vision. If you're starting a new project, you're probably going to want to use perspective. That is where we're putting all of our new effort. And so if you are interested in getting new features, and certainly if you have the need to deploy to non-desktop computing environments, perspective is your choice. I feel like a lot of customers feel stressed out about the difficulty and need to port and a large existing vision application to perspective. And I don't really see that as being required unless they are looking for the abilities that Perspective brings them with regards to deployment. Yeah, and even in that case, of course, they work really well side by side. That's part of the benefit of our platform architecture. I mean, you can have these two products together and mix and match the uses of them across different medium and whatnot as much as you want. And, and the important part is, you know, we, we used to point this out, I think originally when that question came up, but the visualization portion is basically the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's what you see above the water. Both of these systems are leveraging the exact same foundation beneath the water, the tags, the scripting, you know, all the data systems, the logic systems, and so on. So like Carl said, we do encounter, you know, a lot of stress coming from the customers of, of making this decision. But I think if you really step back and look at the whole picture, yeah, it, it can be a little bit simpler to confront. So you guys did mention that we do have a lot, a large customer base that uses Vision, right? Do you have any insight on numbers-wise or generally, like how, how many of our customers are using Vision versus Perspective nowadays? At this point right now, I mean, I, I don't know about number of customers, but in terms of, you know, what we sell, it's it's actually getting close to 50-50. 
we just saw that recently and it was uh, i think a little bit of a surprise to us from different angles one that perspective is very popular and that too vision continues to be widely used so i think that it just reinforces what, what carl said i mean people are using perspective for new projects but they also have their existing install base and their existing projects that are continuing to roll out Okay, Carl, this one's specifically for you. Uh, you said lately that you see perspective as more than just a visualization module. Why is that? And what's a better way to describe perspective now? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, and this actually goes for both perspective and vision. The term visualization has always felt sort of passive to me. And I really see both of these products and Ignition as a larger whole as an application building platform. Visualization to me means maybe just charts or just status and the kinds of applications that i see customers building day in and day out to me don't feel like visualization they are software applications in their own right and ignition in very real terms is to them a development platform for application building it's just you know marketing a product in this industry on those terms is a little tricky. And so I think oftentimes we grab uh, terms that are useful to differentiate our modules, right? Because, uh, you know, if you're going to say, well, what's the perspective module compared to the SQL bridge module? Terms like visualization, I think, are useful for differentiating between them. But I'm a fan of the term industrial application platform, but it doesn't really roll off the tongue. So that's why I'm not in marketing. Doesn't quite have that sizzle there, does it, unfortunately? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Colby, your turn. So uh, part of your role here is to, to help Ignition do more things in more places technology-wise, right? So in what places do, do you see some exciting potential for Ignition to do more? I always love pointing out to whoever's not listening, but you know that one of the magic things about Ignition is that it can scale big or small. And it's you know a single code base, a single piece of software that goes from these tiny edge devices all the way up to these massive cloud systems. And maybe people don't know that. Maybe you know, looking at Edge, for example, uh, Ignition Edge, a lot of people think it's a separate product. It's it's Ignition, right? It's one code base that we that we kind of port into different use cases. And so going forward, you know, we have so much room to run to continue that, you know, being based on Java, being platform independent, right? That's one of our most unique traits compared to the competition and to what's available in the industry. We are the best cross-platform solution. And that gives us a lot of great opportunity going forward because there are so many wonderful technologies that are being used all over the IT world that we can continue to introduce to the to the OT world. So for example, Docker containerization that I've already mentioned was very popular at ICC because it offers a lot of great advantages. And really soon you're gonna be able to leverage those, use those to benefit uh, your ignition installations. And I just see that continuing that like, we wanna make it as easy, straightforward as possible to leverage these great deployment and infrastructure technologies that are around in our industrial space. It's the same thing we did with SQL databases back in the year 2003, right? We took a technology that was being used all over the IT world and we made it approachable to the industrial world for integrators and people who weren't DBAs who didn't have, you know, a ton of experience with those technologies. And so we want to do the same thing from a deployment and architecture point of view, I think, going forward. All right. So kind of doubling back to 8.1 here, we put a lot of stuff in 8.1, but were there any sort of 
changes or features, um, improvements that we wanted to make that we wanted to get an eight one, but just didn't quite make the cut. Boy, uh, well, we always have great ideas. I, I was hoping, honestly, there's some features uh, that we have in mind for the tag system that I think are really great. And from the moment 8.0 was released, I uh, really wanted them to be into eight in 8.1 and, and they still aren't. So that's, it's vague, you know, of course, but I think we have some uh, ideas that will make, just make it even easier to build large tag model systems. You know, that's one example. There's always more features. You know, there's always features that are upcoming that I'm excited about. And whenever you have a deadline, not all the features make the cut. And that's fine. I don't worry too much about the idea that they didn't make 8.1.0 because the way we do our feature development and release model, there's very few features that we wouldn't want to then just release in like, you know, 8.1.1 or 8.1.2. The only kinds of features that we feel like we really have to align into a major release are features that, for whatever reason, would alter the API for the SDK for third-party modules. Though That's really sort of the hard line for things that don't belong in point releases. So some features that are sort of at the top of my mind that would have gone nicely with 8.1.0 but just didn't make it but will then come soon afterwards are things like follow-ups to the perspective symbols feature. So the ability to globally define custom visual states for those symbols. Uh, we've got this really cool new concept for being able to connect components with piping diagrams, which I think is going to be a huge time saver for a lot of the kinds of views that our customers make. So I'm excited about those features. Would it have been cool if I could wave a magic wand and get them to land in 810? Yeah, but it's okay. They'll get there in point releases soon enough. This was an interesting release in that we we kind of purposefully didn't want it to be super feature heavy, right? As a long-term support version of 8.0, we made the decision that we really we wanted it to be that more than anything else. But like Carl said, we we you know we're not real big on holding back things for any you know big release. Our mentality isn't focused around selling you know upgrades. Although of course we have this rhythm, we have this cadence, and we we try to more or less align to it of these you know 18 months more or less releases. But along the way, yeah, when things are ready, we'll we'll put them in. If you know we have new, for example, new drivers we're working on, right? Those will come out as new modules along the way. So um, yeah. Oh yeah, quite a lot more work we can uh, put into it. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we talked about the this at the developer panel, but uh, could we take a look at what's ahead in 8.2? Uh, what kind of uh, features were we hoping to get in there? Uh, do we have any specific focus areas for 8.2? One of the main focuses we, we mentioned is a broad statement of being around enterprise usage. Ignition over the last few years has been adopted, you know, more and more in the enterprise space as, you know, corporate standards uh, in, in big complex architectures, big rollouts with lots of sites and lots of different systems doing different things. And so in 8.2, we definitely want to come back to that and take a fresh look at what we offer, where we can improve the experiences that we've gathered through the years now and, and how we can leverage those. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention historian functionality, tag history. We know, you know, for enterprises, they're dealing with a lot of data. It also turns out there's a lot of really cool technology right now to deal with data. The whole world is dealing with data. And so that plays into it. You know, how do we support these massive enterprise data systems? 
Yeah, enterprise data as well as enterprise architecture and deployment, I think, is definitely the focus. Both architecture in terms of uh, multi-gateway architectures, like the kinds that the gateway network enabled, as well as deployment architectures where, you know, we have much better first-class support for development environment, deploying to a test environment, deploying to a production environment, those sorts of deployment strategies that are increasingly important. And our customers are increasingly sophisticated in those sorts of strategies, integration with source control, better integration in order to better enable those sorts of deployment strategies. I think all those sorts of things are at the top of my mind for the focus. Yeah, things like change management, uh, you know, the improving the development, testing, production cycle, all these kind of infrastructure topics that big companies, you know, that, that everyone can benefit from, but especially in a enterprise space become really important. All right. Well, hey, that about wraps things up. Uh, listeners out there, big thank you very much for joining us. And also, Carl and Colby, thanks for taking the time to uh, share your thoughts with us. Yeah, it was fun. No problem, Paul. Yeah, it's been great. Hey, listeners, this is a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast if you're enjoying the conversations. Also, if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to cover, or if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, then please send your inquiries to podcast at inductiveautomation.com.